Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody, Mike here, and welcome to another great episode of the golden age of cardboard podcasts all things vintage and not just cards that are vintage like old cards themselves but man we like to talk about all sorts of cool stuff including modern cards that have a vintage twist and that's what we're going to do tonight i'm really excited about our guest tonight uh it's blake jameson and if you don't know who blake jameson is come out from under the hobby rock that you've been living under Blake is one of the most prominent people in the hobby today in terms of the sports artists that have contributed to Project 2020. He has his own line of cards, 1951s. We're going to talk about that. He is going to be involved in Project 70, which is the new tops thing. And I've got some questions for him about that. So we might as well just bring him on right now and, and start getting into it. Blake, how you doing, man? Going on, Mike? Doing good. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Uh, yeah. A lot of people may not know that I interviewed you back in my baseball collector's channel days. Uh, we had a good time back when Project 2020 was. That was like changed. one of my first interviews, uh, baseball card related interviews. It, honestly, it might have been the first one. Well, I'm glad to have helped you launch your entire. You owe everything to me. I, I owe it all to you. Here we are. <laughs> or Eric, either me or Eric. I don't know yeah. which one. Yeah, no, it was a lot of people. Um, I got a lot of really awesome support you know the hobby is a very generous community and it's fun to be back in it have you been surprised at that because you were one of the ones you were the one of the artists that in project 2020 when it started you embraced the hobby community unlike anyone else a lot of guys followed suit after you what was your what did you think of that what what made you want to do that process of involving yourself that way i think it's great uh it was a handful of things. Number one, like I grew up as a card collector and, you know, collected baseball cards and then basketball cards and then Pokemon cards and then Beanie Babies and then magic cards. Like, you know, it was always, I was always collecting something. And so I think that the collector in me, like was eager to get back into the, into collecting something anyways. Uh, and so that's great. And I didn't know, you know, when I was collecting cards before it was all, the only cards that I would ever see are the ones that were at my local card store or, you know, every once in a while if I went to a convention, but that was like really only a couple times ever. And so now with the internet, you know, you get to some crazy one of one card comes out and like you can actually enjoy it and see photos of it and engage with the person who has it. And so that's really cool. You know, I think the dynamic changed with the hobby with it coming online. Um, you know, online has, there's pros and cons, you know, there's some toxicity in anywhere on the internet that you go. But uh, I think in general, the hobby has been a really positive place for me and uh, been very supportive of my art and helping me 
continue to uh, stay inspired and keep doing what I do. Yeah. And I mean, you embraced it in forums. You were, you, you're on YouTube <clears throat> for a long time. You were literally every, you know, the 1023 club, you did a yep. live uh, show on YouTube at 1023 PM Eastern every night for a long yeah. time. You're now doing what three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And, and it's crazy. Cause um, before I ever streamed, I couldn't have imagined streaming every single night, right? It's a lot. And then I started doing it and then it was like, I couldn't stop. I mean, it was great. Like, you know, sometimes I would take nights off, but I would be feel like anxious, like not checking in with my people. Uh, and so, and then, you know, obviously, you know, we go through phases of everything and, th and then it just started to become like, it was a lot. And on top of every, all of my other responsibilities as, as a tops artist and just as an artist in general of keeping on top of my work. So it was, strategic to kind of start scaling that back a little bit i think monday wednesday friday is a good it's a good spot for me for now i will keep that for at least as we kick off project 70 uh as the year progresses i don't know if i'm going to do three nights a week the entire year or not but i'm just going to go until i feel like it <laughs> basically gotcha gotcha <clears throat> what is your youtube channel just for people out there that might want to go check it out yeah so it's just my name youtube.com slash blake jameson J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. I will put a link in the YouTube video here. Again, if you don't, you know, <laughs> if you're not familiar, you need to go watch it because you do a lot of great stuff. You'll paint on camera. You'll open mail. You'll sign autographs. You're doing all kinds of different stuff every any given day of the week. And so it's 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 a nice, diverse uh, stuff. I think me watching you paint is one of my favorite things, doing your stencils and all the things that you do in your style of painting, which is amazing. You're, you got me into Project 2020, by the way. I want to talk about Project 2020 and kind of yeah. wrap a bow on that. I was not into it at all. I thought it was completely lame, actually, at the very beginning, just being completely transparent. I thought it was very gimmicky of tops. And then you started coming on. And when you get to know someone behind that, mm -hmm. behind the scenes a little bit, it adds an element of this may sound cheesy, but intimacy to that. And it made it much more special. And then I started buying some cards. I actually got a couple of them here. Here's the Jackie you did 52 yes. top showing it. I got, I was lucky enough to get an artist autograph. I bought an autograph, okay. which is numbered 42 of 42. Such a good uh, one. <laughs> right. Card number 42, number 42 of 42 in the beautiful blue ink. Uh, I love your, you're one of the guys that started and originated this artist autograph idea, buy your own cards, sign them for the, you know, sell them sec on the secondary market, which is right. brilliant marketing uh, and <clears throat> having different colors and just mimicking the card market itself, which I thought was, was brilliant. Here is the, uh, I just grabbed two. I have, I have many of your cards, but there's mm -hmm. the Ricky, Ricky being Ricky. Uh, I know you're a big Oakland A's fan. Yeah. Uh, what was this card? 57. So I love the Ricky. I love just your style. You, you stayed as tr very true to the original card. Uh, you made, you know, the Mattingly was cool. How you changed out the pictures, you know, switched. Right. The, you know, just different things you would do, but you, you, you stayed true to the original card as much as possible. And I, I thought some of the th cards I saw were literally blasphemous to me as a card. I'm like going, what are you doing ruining or changing that so much that it just looks nothing like the original card. You did not do that. 
which I respect that. Yeah. But you still have to be you still have to be unique, right? And yeah. put a unique spin on it. And I just thought you did that amazing all the way through Project Twenty Twenty. Thank were, you. Were you sad to see that be done, or were you just like, "Oh God, I've been doing this all year. I'm tired of it." Yeah. No. I mean, so yes and no. I think um, <clears throat> there were a couple moments at the end of end of twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one that kind of were hit hard as soon as it happened. So like I submitted my last card to tops as soon as I hit send on that email, I'm like, dang, that's the last time I'm going to do that. But you know, project 70 is right around the corner. So that's fine. Uh, you know, same thing with like getting my, my Gibson cards, which is my final card um, in the mail. And that one had the the foil inserts. Um, so that was really cool. I think um, I appreciate what you said about me kind of trying to stick to the original card and really like, when Tops came to us at the beginning of the project, that was the idea of, you know, you're remixing this iconic card and we're going to, you know, you're going to use the same photo and same kind of style inspiration. Uh, and then throughout the project, different artists just kind of went in totally different directions. And um, I remember I had asked, I don't remember which card it was, but I had asked if I could use a different photo of a player. And, and at first they said, no, you can't do that. And then one of the first, I think it was Old Man Allen, um, his Tony Gwynn came out and he had just used a completely different, it was just a different, you know, picture of Tony, which is fine now. But at the time, like I was pissed. I'm like, I even went to Tops. I'm like, Top, like, what the heck? I just asked you if I could do something like this. He said no. And now here we, ha here we have a card. And they're like, I'm sorry. This is like, we couldn't get him to do anything else, you know? And, uh, and at the time, like, it kind of pissed me off because I was like, well, I'm sticking, I'm sticking to the rules. Other artists are breaking them, you know, whatever. Now I have like a lot different mindset. It's funny how it all evolves. Like, I think it's cool. People are doing their own thing and like taking it totally different direction. I'm okay with that. Um, but I even, and then tops basically came back to me and was like, you can use any photo you want of any player. Like, you know, you just tell us what you want to do and we'll make it happen. But by that point I'm like, no, actually I'm going to stick to just the originals because a lot of artists started deviating from the original card, the original photograph. And uh, there's only like three or four of us, I think that stuck strictly to the reference cards. Uh, and so I'm proud about that, but I also think it's fun, like to look at, see what the other artists are putting out because since they were changing the game and using different images, you never knew what you were going to expect. You know, like one of my favorite cards, which is probably an unpopular opinion, but the old man, Allen Mike Trout card, where it was like the kind of three ticket stubs, Yep. Uh, I thought that was brilliant. Uh, I love that as a baseball card. And I don't know. I just had so much fun with it. So it, it was cool. I appreciate like you recognizing and some of the fans, you know, know that, you know, I stuck with the original card and that was, that was my intention, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I no longer look down on, I, I mean, I never really looked down on any of their artists. I was just like, I don't know what I was jealous or something. Like I just, I don't feel that anymore. I'm just like, okay, they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. Um, and is what it is. And I think like, you know, if, if you look at my art over the 20 cards, when we get to the Gibson card, I think this was a nice kind of evolution of my art and also like a really nice segue into the 1951 set, which basically came out as soon as 2020 ended that 1951 launched and like so this style of the gibson with really like focused on the the portrait and the face and big front and center uh very kind of stylized and almost like cartoony plays into kind of 
the next set, which at the time, like I was already, I was designing the 1951 set at the same time that I was making the Bob Gibson card. And so I kind of knew that I could have that like smooth transition, which I think, I don't know. I'm really happy with how that, how it all came out. Through the project 2020, did you become a better artist? Uh, I think so. I think um, in a few ways. Number one, I didn't at first understand how the art would scale down to something that's so small as a baseball card. And so I think there were, there were some of the early cards where I just wasn't creating my art for that scale. And so we lost some detail or, or kind of things got kind of confusing uh, when it got so small. So I think in that sense, uh, I learned and got better as an artist to like produce for the end result. I also think tops 2020, forced me to like have a ton of different challenges that my business has never seen before. Uh, mostly good, but like ultimately like it's just a matter of like getting onto a bigger stage and, and having your art in front of more people and what that does to a business uh, and what the business owner like myself is going to do with that attention. And so I think just as much as project 2020 allowed me to grow as an artist creatively, I think it maybe even more so allowed me to push my own boundaries from a business perspective uh, and see where I could like how I could scale the business. And something you mentioned earlier about, you know, doing the color autos, limited numbers, kind of mimicking what we already see in the hobby was intentional uh, and and at the time experimental. Um, and I think I learned a lot through that, that that will serve me and help help my art business for the next, you know, however long it lasts <laughs> yeah i mean you went from yourself essentially to a staff like yeah. you literally had to have a staff to help you manage all the different things uh that's got to be a lot to take on when you at the end of the day you probably just go dude i just want to paint you know i don't want to have to deal with payroll or you know mailing and shipping and all this crap just let me yeah. paint you know yeah. uh but you've surrounded yourself with some great people and uh, family members. I mean, you name it, you've got everybody, you know, helping out. And that's, that's awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like at the end of the day, like I do just want to paint and all of the staff kind of hiring that I did over the last uh, 12 months has basically everything is intentionally trying to get me to have more free time to spend painting. Um, but it's been great. You know, I've gotten to work with my family. My sister uh, is very active in my business. My dad is uh, runs everything on the web side of things. Uh, Andy is one of my best friends. Uh, he's my accountant, also an artist. Um, so that's great. Um, but in terms of like, you know, I, I do just want to paint, but also like, I think that, uh, and I think a lot of people that have heard my interviews know this, but like I have a background in like business and marketing before art. And so as soon as I started painting full time at the age of 30, six years ago now, I wanted the business, you know, I wanted this, uh, these type of opportunities. And so there are times, you know, there were days where I wish, you know, I never got to pick up a paintbrush or a spray can the whole day. And I was, I'm stuck behind a computer. I'm answering, you know, I'm engaging with fans or I'm answering questions or I'm shipping art or whatever it is. Um, I would always try and kind of like just step back and remind myself, like, this is exactly this is what I wanted you know, in my art career. And so the fact that now I can spend most days painting um, is great. And and all those other parts of the business that I'm trying to fill little puzzle pieces like Tetris, you know, getting the right people in the right 
positions, uh, I think is fun. And it's a creative challenge just as much as making a new painting is. Yeah, and having to spend your time doing lame ass interviews with, you know, YouTube channels like Bench. I love this stuff. <laughs> uh, would you say that Project 2020 met or exceeded your expectations as you went in? Oh, I mean, exceeded in every way, uh, and it's not even close. You know, from a print, just strictly print run standpoint, um, my expectations were 200 would be a low print run, 2,000 would be a high. Uh, obviously we, we crushed that. And, um, I also had no idea. I just didn't think about having 19 other artists as my peers within this project over the course of a year that I could like develop relationships with those people. And so like, you know, my relationships with FDOT and JK five and Gregory Sif all, or were all something that was like a bonus on top of, you know, what I hoped would be a good year. And that was just icing on the cake. Yeah, this hobby tends to do that. It tends to bring people together with common ground of cardboard, in your case, art and cardboard. Right. And you, even though you might live in different parts of the country or even the world or wherever, you have this common passion for what you're dealing with. And uh, that's what's great. That's one of the greatest things about this hobby, period, paragraph, right? Right. Forget about the cards as much as right. they're cool. You're right. It's about the people. The people. It's the people in relationships, right. of course. Yeah, and and honestly, like that's something that's that now going into Project Seventy, I'm like, holy crap! There's 50 other artists, uh, you know. And of Project Twenty Twenty, I only got close, close is a relative term. I don't know to like half of them, right? There's still a half, um, half the artists that I haven't able. You know, maybe we've exchanged a message or two uh, here and there, but that's not even everyone. Like I haven't talked to Don C. Um, haven't talked to cartoon and I would love to, and you know, maybe this year we'll provide that opportunity. Um, it's also like me just prioritizing, reaching out to these guys on their, whatever platforms they're most active on. Um, cause every artist is different. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, question about, let's get into 1951. Cause that was the project you just, it just finished up. Yep. It's an online exclusive product issued by Tots. I think it was eight waves. Is that right? 13 no, cards? Four, four, four waves, 13 cards each. Okay. I knew it was 13 cards. I thought it was more than that. But so it was a, what's four, 52 card set? Is that yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So I love your picture on that box, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and that's that's and, what your card looks like too, right? Yeah. And, and check this out. So this is a wave two box. I just got these in the mail today. And I finally just pulled one. And, uh, and it's also, it's number two, which is kind of cool, two of a hundred. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a trip. I wish it had the rookie card logo, but, uh, <laughs> you know, can't win them all. Uh, it might, I, I, I didn't realize that till later. So I like hit up tops, I don't know now, like three weeks ago saying, can we get a rookie card logo on the card? And they're like, well, I don't know. We think the artist cards are already printed. Um, so it might be a wave three and four might have a rookie card logo, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Also just so in the so player selection of that yep. 50 cards, did you have any input into that or did tops tell you here's the 52 <clears throat> you want to paint? So that was mostly top. Well, I mean, it was, it was exclusively tops, uh, had the full list and it's a mix, uh, a couple guys from the original 1951 set like Duke Snyder. 
uh, all the way up to, you know, modern guys like Trout and Acuna and Tatis. Um, they gave me a full list. There was an there was a error where they had put Albert Pujols on there twice. And so I knew that there was one extra spot and Hank Aaron was not in the set originally. And so I, that was my only contribution to the list was when I saw that he Pujols was on there twice. I said, Hey, let's, let's put Hank Aaron in the set. Uh, I think it'd be a good fit. And that was before he had passed away. Um, and so I was really glad that that happened because that happened like last, you know, November or something is when that decision was made. Um, but besides that, it was, it was tops. Uh, I was really happy. I think the selections they made were really cool and they were the ones that suggested that I could have my own card as like a chase card, which was, you know, also a dream. <laughs> sure. I, I love one thing I want to do an aside real quick. Cause when I first started watching you, I mean, I was an early adopter of an yeah. early Blake Jamison fan yeah. last year and watching you open boxes when you started doing that and, but now man you are like you've got the lingo down i mean you know working on it. it's uh it's much uh it, it's impressive let's just say that to see how you've evolved as a as a fan as a as a hobbyist and knowing your stuff it's it's pretty cool to to see you learn yeah. so quickly that, that's it, a, it's fun it's fun man it's trial by fire i mean i I jumped in it. And I think that was like important too, to like for me to get in and, and be one with the hobby is just to be really open and be like, I don't know anything about modern players, you know, and I hadn't followed baseball in a long time. I hadn't collected cards in a long time. Didn't know how to say the guy's names, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I did my first fantasy baseball season uh, and did crappy, you know, learned a lot, <laughs> learned a lot there too. Uh, but yeah, like I, it's fun uh, getting like going all in on something, you know? And like I said, like I grew up collecting. And so that part of it was natural to me. And, and then just seeing like the evolution of online and the amplification of the relationships, uh, it's been a really, it's been a fun journey, man. And I still love ripping boxes. Um, in fact, well, we, rip them now. We, we ripped a bunch of these. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Wave two? Yeah. So this is the wave two. Um, and so the, the feedback that I'm seeing online is people, people don't realize the cards are pretty small. So there's, there's that card. There's like a project 2020 card. Right. So it's yeah, like, they're the same size as an old 1951 tops card. Exactly. Exactly. And actually I have one of those here for anyone watching the video version. Nice. It's uh, Elmer, Elmer Vallo. Uh, I just wanted one of the originals. Um, it's just so cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun, like, it's an awkward size, but I did find a, a very good, um, uh, what is it? Bowman 1954 inserts these special sleeves. And then you can one these or 50. Uh, well, it was a Bowman. It was something. It's, it's not 50. The, I mean, the cards, my cards are 51, but the, the sleeve itself, I think, says it says 54 or something like that. On it. I don't well, know. 54 Bowman is a big, a super big card. So it would have oh. to be 50 Bowman, maybe okay. 1950 40, or 49. 47, 49. I don't know yeah. what it is. I'll have to find it. But um, but then you, then you can put them like in a one touch, uh, right. once you have them in the sleeve, and that's that's kind of how we've been doing it. Okay, so we're gonna rip this. So anyway, so people were saying that they were surprised this box was really small, uh, which it is small. And then you basically you just have one pack inside with a little stuffer. Because each box comes with a full set. What I don't like is that it doesn't tell you what wave it is on the box. I know. And you know, so some people's boxes do say wave two. 
I don't it's know why. Video, right? It's a sticker on it. It's not the. It's it's, not yeah, 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 yeah. It's a sticker. Um, okay, so I can tell. So when you open this too, this is this is one of my gripes with the set, is you open it and you see the back of the back card. And so for wave two, it says socks. This is uh, the uh, Luis Robert. Um, but you basically any insert you get is at the end, and they have different color backs. Gotcha. So like you open up the pack and like I immediately saw oh it's a red back, uh, right. which it could be, you know it could be this this artist card actually does have a red back but it has no team logo, but as soon as I see like the the socks logo I'm like oh man, um, but but they're cool I mean they're uh, they're fun the Griffey's a cool one, you know we got so some overlap. You, full, you did full paintings on each of those and yeah. then. Or are they just headshots for the? Yes, yeah, so they're just headshots. Uh, I just just painted the. Um, Love the Reggie. You had to do them in the A's, right? I yeah, mean, I, had, I had to. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was never. That was never a question. Um, yeah, but you know, they. I think they look really cool. Um, I'm kind of mad you did Neil and Ryan on the Mets. I know you're in New York, but. I know. I. Yeah, that's true. It's all right. You can do a special you know, ring. You never know. Like I, I actually, I almost did um, Griffey on the Reds, um, but I didn't. And also, like, because Tops will like, like I had originally picked that, and then Tops is like, mm, we think it'll sell better, you know, if he's on Seattle. Uh, it's fine. I don't know if people feel that way about Nolan on uh, the Mets or not, but what about sales of? 1951 did they meet expectations what or were there any expectations from tops from you How yeah good question uh you know so tops didn't really give me any they did say like okay well um i was looking at like uh oh it's steve aoki yeah. uh, he had done his set similar four waves i think it was 20 dollars a wave you know it was a very very similar uh the way that they release the product and, and everything and, and his distribution, like, similar distribution. Yeah. 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 And so he had like 12,000 wave one and then waves two through four. I think he had around 8,000. Uh, now Steve Aoki is, if you know, he has millions of followers, he's a famous dude. So I, I was thinking like, okay, well that's, that's the high end, right? That's the goal. But um, you know, I was thinking, okay, if I do half of what Steve Aoki does, then that seems good considering like I have one tenth of the audience, you know, or whatever. Uh, and we ended up doing a little bit better than that. So we did like around 7,000 uh, per wave. I think it was like 7,200 first wave, 77 second wave, third wave um, uh, was like lower, like 5,800 and then 7,000. So I, I don't know. I mean, it was good. Um, it wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to do like, crazy project 2020 numbers. Um, but I also thought, you know, the price point was a lot different because you were paying the same price as a single project 2020 car, but you're getting all 13. Um, and you have a chance at inserts, uh, much more than just like the gold one of one frame that you had in project 20. Are there one of one in 1951? There are, and they have a gold, uh, it's just a gold back. Um, gotcha. and there's a couple, uh, there's a couple that have surfaced, um, on eBay and uh, yeah, surprisingly, like, you know, this is like, so this is one out of a hundred and there's one in every wave. Uh, but I've only seen like 
10 of these show up online, uh, which is really surprising to me because I'm obviously very motivated to have them. Uh, now, now that I have one, I feel like better. I don't feel like I have to like chase everyone. But before this, before I pulled this one today, like every single time I see one on eBay, I'm like, oh man, it's 200 bucks. Like, you know, people are really like, I don't know. They're holding on to them. They're hoarding them, which is smart, but I want, I want to hoard them. Did they start? I heard top started is going to insert autographs in the waves three and four. Or is that true? Uh, so the the autos are not inserts. The autos that they did on 51 were sold a la carte separately, kind of like they did with Derek Jeter. You know how they sold some like Derek Jeter retrospective auto cards. Uh, they did that. And so there were three players per wave that were released. So like they did Cal Ripken, uh, Mike Trout, um, I think they did Griffey. Uh, they did, you know, they did a handful of guys, um, but those were all sold online uh, and are not being inserted into into the packs. Unfortunately, that would be sick if you could chase autos uh, in the packs. I would like that very much. Yeah, I mean, and those got to be on. I haven't looked on the secondary market, but they've got to be just crazy. Uh, they're super expensive. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's switch gears now. By the way, I love Project. Or not, pro, it's not a project. The 1951. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Actually, before we move on to projects, <clears throat> I know you want to maybe give away a few boxes of the mm -hmm. 1951. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you think is the best way of doing it? Uh, I well, want to give away three boxes of the Wave Fours, and Wave Fours are cool because they have rookie cards of Casey Mize, Joey Bart, um, who is it? Alec Baum. Uh, a couple other rookies so, and, and it's like the first rookie card printed of that player so i know like there's a lot of uh debate i guess in the hobby of like what's the true rookie card is it the first one printed with the rookie logo is it the tops flagship product you know or the flagship product um but regardless i think that those card those rookie cards are really cool so i want to give away three complete waves to so I, I, I have an easy way i think we can do this great i want to give away two on the youtube video okay the YouTube People making comments. I'll randomize comments on Great. the 21st of February. I'll Great. do a draw on my channel here for two of them. And then I'd like you to give one on your Instagram. Basically, people have to go, if they watch this or listen to this, and you're listening only on podcasts, we want you to have a chance. Okay. So if you go to Blake's uh, Instagram. Love it. And what can they do? Like send a DM or send a uh, let's see here. Let's. Uh, how about they comment uh, Bench Clear Media on any post? There you go. Right, and let's give them like. Uh, so when is this going to air? Because let's give them like forty-eight hours to do it or something. Yeah, it'll air uh, either Wednesday or Thursday this week. So. Okay. So Tuesday, eighteen. So let's see. So we say we say the twenty-first. Uh, I would say the by the twenty-first. Yeah. Great. Yeah, comment on any of my posts, Bench Clear Media, and I'll get you an entry. That's awesome. And then that way, people that are listening only have a chance to win one, too, because uh, we have a nice, uh, wonderful audience of podcast listeners for this. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. Now, first of all, thank you for doing that. That's really of cool. Of course. Uh, I'm going to go to your Instagram right after this and put in Bench Clear Media. No, I'm just <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm ineligible. Okay, so... Project 70. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you when I, and you know, I don't pull any punches. I'm pretty upfront. When I heard about Project 70, I was disappointed. 
Project 2020 had a special in, you know, intrigue and interest and it always will. It always will. It always now, will. Not only is Tops doing another project, they're exponentially increasing the amount of artists, the amount of yep. cards, the three cards a day instead of two cards a day. All you know, it's like, okay, at what point? And this is my own little editorial about this. When do you ruin a good thing? When is too much of a good thing too much? Right. Uh, I mean, I love ice cream, but I can only eat so much ice cream and then I just don't want any more ice cream. Right. So do you, I mean, you can't say this because you're doing no, the project. I, I can, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, man. Um, so I don't know if you remember, but uh, so I, every Friday I would do interviews and I interviewed other artists. And then one time yeah. I interviewed uh, Jeff Heckman from Tops. He was the leader of Tops Project 2020. And uh, he, you know, we talked to him beforehand, said, hey, is there anything off limits? Uh, he said no. Um, uh, and so I had a ton of fan questions. And, and the biggest fan question was like, are you guys doing this again next year? Uh, and his emphatic no, you know, we're not going to do Project 2021. Um, and I think, you know, from Top's perspective, they're not doing Project 2021. They're, they're making a new adaptation, right, of the concept and changing some things. And so I get both sides. I think that that – so because of Je because Jeff said that, when Project 70 was announced to me, you know, told to me, I was excited about it as an artist, but like one of my first thoughts is like, you know, people are going to be pissed off about this, right? Because we've, we went over this and you said you guys weren't going to do this. And like, you know, I get, you know, they don't want to say, oh yeah, we're going to do it again. So that people just stop buying project 2020. Like I get both sides. So uh, I, I totally sympathize. Uh, also from a collector standpoint, I collected all of project 2020 and I, I get discounts on my own cards, but everything else I paid full price for. And right. so, you know, I spent how many thousand, you know, it's thousands of dollars, like $8,000 or something for a set. And I was trying to do two full sets. I don't, I'm not quite there. I have some gaps to fill, but like I spent tens of thousands of dollars on tops cards. Uh, and I'm, I'm got skin in the game on this on 2020 set, just as much as anyone else uh, beyond even my own cards. Um, I'm not going to do that for project 70. You know, I'm not going to try and get the whole set. It's just not realistic for me financially. And I think that the same people are, you know, a lot of people are going to feel that way. But I think if you just look at it as it's like, there's so many different ways to collect it. And I don't know how much, I don't even know how much pe people really understand kind of about the concepts of it, but you know, there's, do tell. okay. So do there's, tell. 50, there's 51 of us artists because top started in 1951 and this is the 70th year. And so that started like the night, my 1951 set kind of kicked off the year of a whole theme of kind of throwbacks to tops 70 year history. Uh, so we have 51 artists. Now this time around we get to pick our own players. And so we got huge lists, every single active player, every single retired player minus a couple fringe cases where they tops doesn't have the license. For example, Mickey Mantle. I couldn't get Mickey Mantle. Um, they wouldn't, MLB wouldn't let me do Pete Rose, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, outside, I also tried to do Michael Jordan, uh, baseball cards and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me do that either. But, um, you know, I'm always trying to push those kind of boundaries. I should have tried, I should have done like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. I didn't do either of those guys, but they would have been fun. Uh, and A's too, which is great. Right. 
Um, okay, so we get to choose our own players. Uh, and of course, you know, everyone's going to choose Mike Trout. Everyone, I think, everyone that's smart business person is going to choose Mike Trout. I think there's going to be 51 Mike Trouts. Um, that's that's a set right there. You could collect that set and just say that's going to be my set. And that's a really cool, wild set. I mean, you're going to have it designed from like from me to like Gregory Sift to Snoop Dogg uh, designing a Mike Trout card. We're also going to have a lot of players that are like just picked by that one person. Um, you know, so I think Snoop will probably pick him, but like I picked Doc Ellis. I think Doc Ellis is going to have a sick collection uh, between a few of us artists that like know what's up with Doc Ellis and like are going to have fun with it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then you're going to have everything, everything in between. So like you can collect and say, okay, I want to get all the Gregory Sifts or I want to collect all of the uh, Oakland A's cards or I want to collect all the Mike Trout cards. Uh, it, it could just be like, there's just so many different ways to do it. And there's so many different artists that have in turn, like, so such big audiences like Snoop Dogg. He's like, even if a couple people from his audience come into the hobby and then are here to stay, that's good for all of us. Yeah. Does it, you've already picked your players, obviously. Is the, has yeah. the checklist been released of who everybody's picked? It hasn't. And to be honest, I don't know if tops is going to do it. And the reason is because, you know, if you know that like, my Mike Trout card's not coming out till November, and that's what you have your eye on. Like maybe you're not going to pay attention the rest of the year. Um, so I get why they wouldn't want to do it, but we've already we've gotten the green light to each share our own first player, uh, which I've done. Uh, mine's Andrew McCutcheon, uh, short print from last year that I'm kind of reimagining in the style of a 1959 uh, Topps card, and that's another component to it is. We're, we're taking 70 different 70 years of tops cards and then using a specific year as inspiration, pairing it with a particular player that we chose. We get to choose our own images from Getty and say, tops, this is the picture I'm going to do. Um, and for the most part, we are getting free range on that. So like, that's another way to collect the set. Say, oh, I love 1959. You know, this is a vintage uh, relevant. So it's like, oh, I love 1959. I'm going to collect all the 59 renditions. And like, there's going to be probably 50 of them uh, in the whole year. And so then you could just have all the different 1959 cards or, or any card that you, you know, my next card that I'm working on, my second one is uh, <clears throat> 87. The wood grain, you know, is the Mark McGuire rookie card that that was a really important year to me. And so for that, I'm doing like actual, I'm painting everything on on actual wood and like I'm staining the wood grain and it's going to be like, it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's just like allowing me to do stuff that I couldn't, couldn't do in 2020. Well, let me ask you as an artist, it, you know, going into this new project with a lot more flexibility before here's 20 cards, here's the sample card, you know, the, that you would use to be inspired it's a lot more freedom that to me, does that feel more empowering or more terrifying as an artist going into this? Um, <clears throat> I think because of my experience with project 2020, I feel really, really good about it because now I have, like I said, I learned a lot about like how to make my art fit on two and a half by three and a half inches. And now also looking at like project 2020, I look at my full set, I think it, there's cohesion, you know, you could tell it's the same artist, uh, which is great, but we were taking, uh, 
uh, reference cards were from all over the place in terms of decades, you know, or years that they were from. Uh, this year, again, you know, they still are all over the place because we're choosing from the last 70 years, but we're getting to choose ourselves. And so like, can be really intentional about that. And so I think like, you know, my pairings, pairing some very old, like vintage design, card designs with modern players um, that I'm super excited about. Like I'm doing a, I don't know, a 1975 Trout that I think is going to be super fun. You can't say that yet. The check uh, I don't. Everyone knows I'm doing trout. Everyone's doing trout. Um, no, it's gonna be fun. You know, my McCutcheon is a 59, which I think that was a really cool year. Also, that's like the, that's the same as this um, too. And so, like, like I said, with the freedom and flexibility that Tops is giving us now, we got to choose our players. We choose our years. And then I specifically was like, okay, I would like McCutcheon to be 1959, and I want it to be first, and I want it to be early in the set because it's coming right off the back of this. And I want, I want it to be a smooth transition, you know, once, once say into, into the next and like, this is, that's going to do it between this card and the McCutcheon card, I think are going to look awesome together and they're completely different products. You know, how many cards are you remind me? I can't remember how many 40. cards are you doing? 20, 20 per artist. Okay. So, so it's going to be a thousand, total just over a thousand. Yeah. Like thousand thousand 20 cards, right? Yeah, yeah exactly which is way more than the 400 cards that project 2020 was. It's insane. And, but it, I, I think it gives collectors options, right? I mean, you're going to find out real quick whose style you really like, but I will tell you, even through project 2020, there were artists whose style I didn't really dig at the beginning, mm -hmm. but as it went on, like Sophia Chang, for example, uh, I'm now trying to go get a bunch of different Sophia Chang cards because I really liked what she was doing as I saw more and more of her mm -hmm. cards and project. Mm -hmm. uh, and like you said, so, like you get to know the artists, right? You get to know Sophia's story a little or Gregory's or whatever. Like, yeah, because you interviewed Sophia on your channel, mm -hmm. right? And I remember seeing that and thinking, okay, this, this lady's really cool, uh, just it's just neat, right? There's all these different layers of this that collectors can embrace mm -hmm. and choose to, to do it, uh, choose to not do it. Have, do you feel, does it feel weird? They're doing three cards a day. Do you feel like you might get lost in the shuffle a little or each card you have to stand on its own? Um, I, I'm not worried about it. I think it's great. Uh, especially because, you know, we look at, okay, so project 2020, 20 artists, uh, most of them came back. So now there's 51 artists. So like about 30 new artists, right? So if we're doing three cards a day and I'm being paired with two other random artists, that means that like 30 out of the 50 artists that I could potentially be paired with are brand new people that like their audience has never seen my art. And so like, I just think if this is like a numbers game, like I'm going to keep getting paired with people who are going to send traffic to this page and try and sell three packs of tops cards or, or, you know, whatever, sell the cards of the day, people are going to see my art. And those that's like tons of opportunities for me to onboard new fans. Uh, the other thing that I think, I'm not 100% sure if this is going to happen or not. We're, we're going to find out tomorrow now. Um, or by the time this airs, I guess we'll find out. But I Tops had mentioned trying to set up some type of subscription uh, option. And so if you wanted to subscribe to my set, you just, you know, set it up ahead of time. And then they'll just... Every time I have a card drop, they'll place the order for you. I think that's fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. 
And a like a for Tops' standpoint, like that's great for me as a collector. That's great because I collect. You know, I won't I won't do all all the whole set because I just can't afford it. But I will definitely collect a handful of artists. And if I can just subscribe to Gregory Sif on lock, like I'll gladly do it. I would even pay a premium to not have to like log on every time, right? If that's the case, then we take then I I take off my artist hat, put on my business hat, and say, okay, this is the game now. This year is completely changed, and now all we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to subscribe to my set, and that's that's the jump. That's from day one. That is the jump, and so I will come up with crazy offers for people to say, hey, if you if you subscribe to my set, you send me a screenshot proving that you know you've signed up for it. I'm going to send you X, uh, and it's going to be a really nice thing. Um, because for me, like the long-term value of having a customer that if I can get them in at card number one and they're going to buy all 20 of my cards, granted my royalties on a single card sale is not a lot, right. but that adds up. Like if I make that my focus and I can try and onboard like hundred, 200, 300, a thousand people, if I can get a thousand people subscribed, you know, then it's like by the time card 20 comes, those people are so invested in my business. Like it's just, it's going to be amazing. So I, I really, my fingers are crossed that that happens. I think if it doesn't happen, uh, I'm going to do some, some, I want to come up with some type of system like it where fans could tell me, Hey, I'll pay, you know, you handle like, cause I will handle all the orders If people, if people don't want to miss any of my cards, they want to prepay and just say, Oh, I want the full set. They can pay me now and I will order cards all year long. Cause I'm going to order all of my own cards, you know? Um, so hopefully tops has the subscription and I don't have to like do a workaround, but I do think that would be, that would be a huge game changer from like an art business perspective. And like, you know, yeah, that's, that's or you could subscribe even for like whoever does a trout card, I want a trout or, you mm -hmm. know, if you wanted to mm -hmm. subscribe by player, which then at the very beginning, they'd have to tell you at least all the players being represented by at least one of the artists, not maybe that's not in true. the order. That's true. But that's a, not a bad thing. I don't need yeah. to know your Mount Trout. Yeah. I just know here's the 20 artists or 20 players that Blake Jamison's doing over the course of the year. You won't know when that, if you're wanting the Trout, you don't know when it's coming out. Right. Um, but at least I know, okay, I would, as a buyer, I would go, okay, I like all those players that Blake's doing. I, would, I do want to subscribe. If I don't know what I'm going to get, it's hard for me to commit to subscribing. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think like, um, and that's something that I would be happy. Like if top said, okay, we're going to do this subscription, but people aren't going to know what art, you know, who you're painting. Then I would just like petition to say, well, let me just release my checklist then. Cause I, I, I want people to know what they're in for. Right. Like, I, I don't care. Like I'm excited about my list obviously. And uh, I think everyone else is going to be excited about it, but you know, we'll see. I, I think the deterrent would be more if they don't know, then if they know, and there might be a player or two they don't necessarily care for, but the other 17 or 15 or however many are like, oh, yeah, I would love to see what Blake's interpretation is going to be of this versus a completely unknown is hard to commit to from a subscription standpoint versus yeah. at least I know they may not all be like I'd really dig the Doc Ellis idea, but some people might not. So sure. I did, I think it's it's better than not better to yeah. release the yeah. players that each artist will be painting. Again, you don't know when they might come out or whatever. Uh, are you going to do artist autographs and everything this year with Project Seventy? And yeah, so um, 
I am. Uh, I just launched uh, artist the first wave one autographs on project on the 1951 <clears throat> on my website blake.art. Uh, and that's another thing you know I learned a lot. Um, I think uh, one thing I plan to do for this year, different than last year, is I'm going to limit the number of autos uh, quite a bit, uh, scale down a ton um, for a handful of reasons. Number one, like we're still sitting on a good amount of inventory for, you know, like Mariano Rivera. I did 500 red autographs. That's unnecessary. Right. You know, we sold about half of them, which is great. You know, shit, selling 250 red Mariano autographs is great. We sold them for, you know, we did well. But right. now we're sitting on the other 250 that are taking up room in my expensive apartment and like that's precious space. So, uh, I'm definitely, definitely going to cut that way, way down. Um, so for 1951, for each card, I did a one of one gold, uh, th uh, three silver, and then 10 of a particular color. And so we've got, you know, red, blue, orange, green. So far, the, uh, the color autos. Uh, but it's not of each. So like trout, for example, there's just 10 red trouts, and that's it. There's no green trouts. Um, we just made the color kind of go with the player. So I think I'll do something like that. Um, it'll probably be somewhere in between, um, you know, 1951, just doing 14 autographs of each card uh, is very manageable for me from a production standpoint, shipping, everything just keeps it simple, but you know, there's definitely more than 14 Mike Trout fans out there. And so like those ones sold out fast and I know people wish they got one. Um, so it's, it's a balance. Um, We'll see with nine, with Project Seventy, but I'll do my best trying to try and make it limited so that it's you know chaseable, but also you know achievable. If someone doesn't feel like they're just getting beat every time, they can never get a chance at a card. I don't want that. Yeah, um, I want I, that sweet spot. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how this plays out a little bit. Uh, I don't expect print runs to be certainly not the frenzy we had. You want my hot take? Let me hear it. Snoop Dogg is going to beat Keith Shore's record. If, this is a big if, if he promotes it, like really like pushes the card, because he has a huge platform. Sure. And if he, he could break Keith Shore's record on his very first card, I think. Um, but it would take him like actually like recording an Instagram story, telling people to go buy the card and putting an Instagram post and, posting on his Facebook and tweeting about it. You know, he would have to do everything. But if he does everything, I think Snoop Dogg will beat Keith Shore's record. Um, and I think that – I think people will be surprised because it seemed like – you know, the frenzy last year was real, right? The 100,000 Ken Griffey, like that's – that was no joke. But that was for Keith Shore. And Keith – don't get me wrong. I love Keith Shore's art. He is very um, well, uh, he's a veteran, you know, he's, he does his thing. He works with brewing company, he works with baseball stadiums, he works with tops, but like, I mean, man, some of the guys they got and not just Snoop, but like a handful of the guys, like it's, it's really randomly. I was just looking at like, okay, New York Nico. I, I, I didn't know who it was. Uh, my girlfriend, Sam said, she's like, oh, I follow this guy, New York Nico. Like he's in the set. That's so cool. Like he's got a half a million subscriber followers on Instagram. And like, I didn't know who he was, but like, if that dude, if his fan base is like really engaged and he pushes it hard, like, I mean, 
those print runs could be challenged, I think. Um, but in a different way, because it's not like it's not necessarily a bubble of everyone trying to buy it to flip it. It's like, oh, like the dude who made this card has like a million fans, you know, and like people can't get, you know, people couldn't get my art for $20 before last year. And then all of a sudden a bunch of them could and, you know, thousands of them did. That's fantastic. For someone else, that might be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Um, it's really, the talent pool is insane. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be interesting. Again, I'm worried about tops as they as tops being tops, which is overkilling a good idea. Yeah, uh, they, they have a long history of that, Blake. Let me tell you, and and I don't necessarily blame them. They're a business, sure. right? So they're gonna, you know, you ride her till she bucks you, kind of thing. That's an old Texas saying, by the way. Uh, ride her till she bucks you, but. All right, one last topic, and then I'll let you go because I know you're a busy dude. The Super Bowl. Let's how do it. Cool, oh. How cool was that, by the way, getting to go to the Super Bowl and be at Cam Newton's party? And tell me about that and how that all came about. Okay, so yes, uh, I will. But uh, disclaimer: so that was actually that Super Bowl. That was last Super Bowl, not this one. Oh, I thought it was this one. I know you did, and everyone did because I posted the video the day after the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I just had that footage from last Super Bowl uh, for a year. And one of the things I started doing this year was I hired a, a couple of video editors and I've got them like editing some old content so I can start telling the story. Cause you know, a lot of people discovered me and then I was live streaming all the time. And so they could see what I'm doing now, but like stuff like painting at Cam Newton Super Bowl party, which I did before project 2020, uh, a lot of people didn't know about. And so I wanted to start putting that stuff out there. I strategically, was trying to get it done. I wanted to pose it the day of the Super Bowl, but I posted it the day after. But yeah, I think a lot of people probably thought I was at the Super Bowl because um, it was also in Florida. Um, you know, I it was totally did, by the way, when I watched it, I totally didn't even think that it was. Also, the Chiefs were playing, and I was painting a, a picture yeah. of the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, everything like it translated really well. Um, but to answer your question, uh, it was awesome. It was uh, it was like back to back. I had back to back Miami trips last year. One to Art Basel, and then one to paint at the Super Bowl. And it was like one after the other. Art Basel was first. I got the lay of the land. I hadn't really ever been to South Beach, Miami um, in my adult life. Pop and art scene, like cool, cool area. Got the lay of the land during Basel. Came back during the Super Bowl. Had a great time. Um, met Cam. Got to gift him a painting that I had done uh, the pre last year for him. And uh, went to the tailgate party for the Super Bowl. I didn't get to go to the game, but, you know, just watched the game back at uh, at the SLS Hotel. But it was a great time. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> just a while ago. Yeah. Well, man, thanks so much for being on the show again. Uh, it's great being your friend and just, you know, we don't communicate a lot, but I, I appreciate it. you're very open to communicating and you open to the hobby, open to everybody in the community. And I think that has voted well for you. Thank you. Are, and I think it will continue to reap benefits for you down the road. So keep it up, man. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. So everybody out there, go check out Project 70 cards. When's your first card drop? On Monday. Uh, so what's that? February oh, 21st? 22nd. 22nd, yeah. And that'll be the McCutcheon. So go check that out on tops.com. He's Blake Jamison everywhere on Twitter and Instagram and 
YouTube, you name it. If you can't find Blake Jameson, just Google his name and you'll be taken all over the interwebs to find him and a very interactive. Enjoy that. So thanks everybody for watching and listening. Hey, keep collecting. We'll catch you soon. That's right. Stay awesome. Thanks.